0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You want to follow along, if you have your hymnals open, you can start at stanza three of that last. Go right to the middle where it says, It rests upon his faithful word to them of contrite spirit that he is merciful and just. This is my comfort and my trust, his help I wait with patience. Continues on, and though it tarry through the night until the morning waken, my heart shall never doubt his might, nor count itself forsaken. O Israel, trust in God your Lord, born of the Spirit and the Word. Now wait for his appearing. Trust in the Lord and you will live. That's the, that's the entire sermon. Trust in the Lord and you will live. It's very simple. In fact, it's so simple that I guarantee you a child understands it. In fact, I kind of tested it last week when I asked the kids in confirmation class and adults, because that age group is like 6 to 80 something. I said, does God lie? Do you want to know who said the answer first? Was it the 80-year-old or the 6-year-old? It's the 6-year-old. Why do kids answer that question so fast? Why can they tell you so quickly that God does not lie? Because they don't care about all the things that have happened to you in your life that have affected your ability to answer that question so quickly. You see, as we get older, reason ends up coming in and makes us wonder about certain circumstances in our life, whether or not God is faithful to his promise or has forgotten me or forsaken me. Why is it this reoccurring theme within the scriptures that we are called to trust in God? Because human nature that has been corrupted by sin, fallen human nature doubts God. It has misgivings about God. And so we are plagued with this from the time that we are conceived until we die This temptation to doubt God. This sin in mistrust. But the child who is in the Lord has been told that God does not lie. And so they answer so quickly because they believe it. You haven't told them anything different. They haven't learned anything different or learned at least from modern society to doubt everything that we have heard about the scriptures and to trust instead in what our eyes can see. That's the problem, right? The doctrine of demons starts with, did God actually say it? Or is that really the interpretation of, That you should hold to. The doctrine of demons comes from the fallen human nature that wants God to not be God, but you yourself to be God. It's not happy with the words that are given in Scripture because they did not give ability to waver at all. It's God's way or the highway. The highway to hell is wide, and there are plenty of people on it. But the way to the cross is the way to God the Father. The way to our salvation comes through Christ alone, as you've heard us preach week in and week out. There was a nobleman that came to Jesus, asking as a father would for his dying child to see that child Healed. Saved from death. He pleads with Jesus to please come to the house. Come with him. Heal this boy. But Jesus rebukes that. He rebukes a faith that is not faith in the word. He says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Has anything changed for you? Have you not seen and heard many people say, if God works a miracle, if he comes here right now, I'll believe? They won't believe. If they don't believe the word, they certainly won't believe if a miracle actually happened. They'll find a way to explain it. Oh, it was science. It was my own strength and might. It was my own natural God-given manly compass that saved us from getting lost? No. It was God. God is the one who delivers us out of all of these things. You pray for daily bread, and that's what we're going to be learning about after church. But why do we pray for daily bread when we're the ones that do the work? Why do we have to ask God for it? Because even if we work for it, we know that it truly comes from the hand of God alone. We pray for healing, but why then do we give God thanks when one has been healed? Because again, even if your doctor prescribes the right medicine, does the right examination, gives the right surgery, in the end, we always know that it is God alone who has done the healing. Every one of these events in life can either be turned into the temptation to doubt God's power and might, his love and kindness, or it can be turned into reasonable examples that God has given us over time to never doubt him, to never see him as one who forsakes, but to see him as one who draws near. And he draws near to us by his word. Because inevitably, that's what God gives to this man. He just gives a word Go your way, your son lives. It's not a question of whether the child will live or will not live, it's a command. Death has no power over it, your son lives. And he does. God gives life, and by Jesus' mouth it was given. He promised it, it happened. Nothing could be aside from the truth. And the man left in faith. Notice that as he's on his journey, he doesn't worry from the text here. It doesn't say that as he goes, he's wondering how much better the child has got. He doesn't say when he found his servants that he said, uh, you know, when and, and how did all of this come to be? He just is concerned with the when question. He inquired of them the hour when he got better. The hour is what mattered, right? Because he left in faith in Jesus's word. So what is he trying to confirm? The faith was given in the word and the word was accomplished. And so this is what the servant says. Yesterday at the seventh hour. That's what he was concerned about. That the fever left him wasn't of any consequence because the child lives. And Jesus said the child lived. The seventh hour was what he was looking for. Because again, he wished to believe and be confident in the word of of Christ. And that's what he received. It was at that hour that Jesus had said, your son lives. So look at us. We are a congregation gathered around the word of God. And if the word of God is truth, then guess what? That's what we should do. We should abide in truth. Jesus said, if you are my disciples, you will abide in my word. Jesus said, if you should not, excuse me. Jesus said, if, if your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's our problem in this life, right? We look at What's happening around us, what our eyes see, and immediately our hearts are troubled. That's the fallen human nature. But we have something greater than what our eyes see. We have the blessed word of God. And if God does not lie, because that's what the scriptures teach us, that's what even our little children can remind us of, then we should in no way worry or be anxious about anything. Because God has promised his deliverance in this life and in the next. We have everything to look forward to when we have Christ. So here's the thing. Whenever we're talking about doctrine, when we're talking about truth, it's not up for question. There is what the scriptures teach and that's what we hold on to because God does not lie. Our hope is in the living word of the Lord. So when I ask you, what does God teach about baptism? And I say, did God lie to you when he said that he gives you your Holy Spirit? That he gives you his Holy Spirit. That he gives you forgiveness of sins. When he gives you eternal life and inheritance that it belongs to Christ, but is given to you. Does God lie? You can say nothing else than No, he doesn't. Yes, he has given me all those things. Well, then be at peace, child of God. You're washed clean. Your sins are forgiven. The Lord's not going to abandon you. When you look at your sins and you say, I am just a poor, miserable sinner. I know what I've done. I know what I've left undone. I've been challenged. I've doubted. I've had misgivings about what God can actually work in my life. I say, repent. Repent and receive this, the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah, but I don't know if God really will forgive my sins. They're so bad. They're so terrible. I've, I've done it too many times. There's no way God will possibly receive me back. I said, does God lie? No, God doesn't lie then your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go in peace. If you look at the table set before you, bread and wine. But Jesus says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. But how in the world can that possibly be, Pastor? Say, wait, do you have a problem believing in the resurrection of the dead? Do you have a problem believing these miracles that are written before you? Does God lie? No, pastor, he doesn't. Then it is the body and blood of Christ. Beyond what your eyes see, faith grabs hold of the promises of God, the very word of the Lord, and is confident. Come and partake of the blessed meal that the Lord gives of his very body and blood. A testament of his love. Pastor, I don't know if I can really believe the resurrection. That's a lot to take in, that the body can be raised. I've never seen that myself. Okay. Has God ever been proven to be unfaithful in his promises? Did not all the prophets testify of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Did he not suffer obediently death upon the cross, atoning for all the sins of the world? Is death not been conquered in the victory of Christ over sin? Well, yes, pastor, it has. Well, then does God lie? Will he not certainly bring to fulfillment that promise spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, that on that day of the Lord, we shall feast gloriously in his kingdom, where death, which is the veil that is over all mankind, will be lifted and we shall be raised. And the body that has suffered so much in this life shall be changed, made immortal. And all sorrows and tears shall be wiped away. And we shall feast and enjoy that meal that the Lord himself has prepared for us. God has not lied to you. God has, in fact, Given you truth. As the Apostle Paul writes, to gird yourself with truth. That's how you can stand. When you take truth off, then you're left with nothing. If you can't trust in the Word of God, then you will fall to the doctrine of demons. And you will live a quite miserable life without peace and certainty. But because the word of God is true and those who believe in the word of God as the truth have been given this blessed faith from the Lord, you will live. Just as that man knew when he left at the word of the Lord that his son lived. So do we know that when we die, yet shall we live because God has spoken it. As the Lord has spoken, so it is. Be confident, Christians. Be confident, you children of the Lord, for he has spoken good words of mercy and love to you. So that when you are called to stand in this life, stand for the truth, stand for the helpless, stand for those who cannot speak for themselves. Stand even in the hour of your death. You will not be shaken because the Lord has spoken it. And I will tell you this last thing. You know that I have been at the bedsides of many people in varying degrees of age. From children to those who have lived many years on this earth. I tell you, if you learn this simple truth right now, that God does not lie, it will stay with you even as your mind begins to fail. This past week, I was over the bedside of a woman who has suffered dementia. But you want to know what clicked, what remains the same? Is when I ask that question Has God ever lied? Those who have been in the Word know it know it very well, that he has never lied. And then I go through and I say, have you been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes. Has God promised all of these good gifts to you? Yes. Has God blessed you with forgiveness of sins? Yes. Has God given to you his very body and blood? Yes. Will God deliver you throughout all your life and into the land of the living where You cannot even imagine what he has prepared for you. The answer is always yes, because the Lord has spoken it. So whether you are a child in age or a child in your old age in the faith, it's always the same. God is faithful and he delivers on his promises. Trust in the Lord and live in Jesus name. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.